Welcome to episode 115 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, so welcome along to episode 115 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. How are you going, John? I'm all good, Bevan. How about you? I'm all good, too, mate. I'm all good in the hood. It's, uh, I'm in Iron Man Talk Studios and it's bloody freezing here. And how's it in where you are, mate? And where are you? I'm sitting in uh, Pyrenees Maori Sport at the base of the Pyrenees Mountains. And it's still pretty early in the morning. It's about 6 o'clock in the morning over here. But yesterday I was uh, out on the bike and... The winds were blowing down the valley as I was going up, and it was around about 38 to 40 degrees, so it's oh. all good in the hood over here. Well, I'm getting there this week, and I can't say, so I mean, I'm looking forward to it. So anyway, this week's show is brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii. Uh, now, we've got a discount code. If you want to go to our website, www.imantalk, there's a discount code for you to get a discount when you buy your coffee. I think the discount code is IMTALK, so it's pretty cool. Uh, Trybuys.com, and also they've got a discount code for the end of June, 15% off anything you buy. You put in the code John and Bev, and again, it's on www.imantalk if you're unsure, and athlinks.com for all your social needs for endurance athletes. Uh, this week's show, we've got news, we've got an age group, we've got a website of the week. What's Coach's Corner about, mate? Uh, we just had a question on um, change, changing in heart rates. Changing in the heart rates. And lastly, we have a quick interview of Scott Molina that you did on Epic Camp. What's that about? Uh, it's really, it was the day after the Epic Camp had finished, so just a sort of recap on the camp and also sort of Scott's impression of the overall camp. Okay, nice, and uh, that's pretty much it. So first of all, we had quite a few races on last weekend. We're going to start off with Ironman uh, CD8, was that, quarter lane? And uh, what do you think, mate? It, well, one thing that I did notice, I didn't actually follow the race uh, live as it was happening, but with the new Ironman site, they've got a few new things going on there, which was quite interesting. You could sort of vote on who was going to win, who was going to have the fastest no, uh, cool. bike split and so on. So it looked like they were doing a few new things. And I think it's a, it's a really good idea to get things a little more interactive. Um, and, and it's obviously a huge marketing uh, opportunity for them. And I noticed they had you know, a few more adverts going on. So the coverage did look a little bit better to me. Um, but I wasn't watching it live, so I'm not sure how well they stayed but on top it of it. It is kind of cool because if you... <laughs> If you vote, then you feel like you're having, you know, you're you're more interested in what's going to happen. You know, get more involved in the experience. It sounds like they're doing the right stuff. Totally, and I think they're going to. Looks like they've got, you know, a bit of a blog thing going on. So I'm sure you have a bit of banter on race day. So I think they're doing some good things there. But mm. the main thing we want to see is, is good race coverage. Yep. Um, and it looks like they were they were doing an okay job. Um, but I, I was noticing they were only really doing that with Coeur Lane with France and, and Japan. They were just sort of doing the standard coverage. But you know, let, let's hope they do lift their game and, and really put out some some fantastic coverage, more like what they do for Kona every year. Because I think there are a lot of people that watch, and uh, I think that's, for them it's an easy way to make more money through marketing. And for us, it's fantastic if we get better coverage. Yeah, but totally. Really good to see Tom Evans uh, smoking it again. Um, He's won Ironman Canada in the past. Hasn't won here before, I don't think. Uh, Victor Semensev has beaten him a couple of times into second place, but he just uh, drilled it on the bike, as he often does. Came out of the swim with Rhodesy. Um, I didn't see actually Rhodesy finishing there, uh, unless he was well down the field. 51-minute swim, 
4.45 on the bike, so well, uh, much faster than anybody else, yep. and then put in a really solid run of a 3.53 to, to cross the line at 8.34, so... Pretty good effort, because it was saying on uh, ironman.com that he's actually a week, a couple of weeks out from his birthday, 40 years old, which I don't see a lot of, you know, 40-year-olds. Exactly. Yeah, like, wow. And, um, and he's also, uh, he's a dentist, so I don't know whether he, he works full-time or not, um, so he's, he's a working athlete and he's getting on, but he's still as, as fast as he's ever been. He, he's never really done well in Kona, so he's been there several times, so it'll be interesting to see if he can sort of translate this good form into a, into a really solid race in Kona. Nice. Um, and in second place, we had Victor Zemensev, who won in 2005 and 2007, um, put in a really good run, took a bit of time out, ran a 2.49, crossed the line 8.43, yep. and Michael Lovato, who pushed pretty hard on the bike, um, just faded a little bit on the run for 8.48. Probably one of the interesting things I saw there was uh, quite a quick drop off in the times. Um, yeah. 10th place was 9.21, um, and we did have a couple of age groupers there in, in the top 10. Also really cool to see um, the guy who did finish in 10th place, Pierre Lavori, um, is in the 40 to 44 age group, so wow. good to see some of the old awesome. crew cranking it on the youngies. What about old uh, Steve Larson? How did he go on the bike? Well, I don't know, do you know much about his race? He got fifth overall in a 8.56. Do you know what happened? He rode 4.41, so he's, he's four minutes quicker than Tom Evans. Yep. Um, so really, I mean, for, for him, he, it really does sound like he is a working athlete. I think he's got five kids. Um, really? So for him just to be a, a working athlete uh, and still to finish in sub nine hours, eight eight fifty six, um, really good. He's obviously not a strong swimmer with a one hundred one, mm. four forty one, um, fastest bikes of the day, and a three hundred seven. You know, for yeah, someone who doesn't come from a huge run background, is is a really strong day. Okay, girl side of things. Girl side of things was an unknown took the yeah. took the title. Yeah. Uh, Never heard of her before. Heather Wirtle. I think we. I think we may have mentioned her once or twice before, but she certainly hasn't won an Ironman before. Um, Fifty-one minutes, fifty-eight minutes swim. And surprisingly, that looks like that was the first female out of the water. So if you look down the females' field, she's the only one um, that I can see in the top twelve or so that broke an hour. So wow. not a strong woman's uh, swim field. She biked five sixteen and ran a three twenty to take it easily in 9.38 from Heather Golnick in 9.50 and Tina Bauman from Finland in 9.55. So it's a big win, and it's also a big win over Heather Golnick, who's you know, won many, many Ironman. So pretty impressive performance. Nice. And probably the other um, point of note was old Desiree Ficker. Yeah, what happened there? Not better, that's your... That's your oh, Ficker, she, not Ficker. Uh, <laughs> that's your... <laughs> Oh, it's great when we're not in the studio together. Yeah. Um, we're not working the room, mate. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's interesting to see that she's still struggling um, from from Kona. You know, when she had that second place finish there, um, was it year before yeah, last? Yep. Hasn't really done much since she was uh, battling with Heather Golnick for quite some time on the run for for, for that for that second place on on the on the day, but. She exploded on the run, and apparently she was taken off the course by the medical staff reasonably um, wow. late in the marathon. Just for your record, Albanator got like a 9.34, I think it was, came in in second place in his age group, so pretty good day for old Albanator. Nice. Considering he was retiring, what's all that about, Willis? Hey? Oh, very good. Hey. Nice. We'll, we'll see if uh, the Albanator turns up in Kona or not. Okay, so then we had uh, Ironman Japan was happening this weekend as well. Luke McKenzie took it out in an 8.29. 
And that was a pretty impressive result because he was, uh, that's a, it was a new course record over there. Yep. And he just had a, a good, strong day all, all around. Um, second out of the swim with 47 minutes, ripped the bike, 4.39. And the run times over there were not particularly quick. Uh, he only ran a 3.02, but I'm picking it was probably pretty hot over there. So yep. an 8, 8.29, 11, good time. And I think, think that might be his first victory. And he won over Mitchell Anderson, yep. who's won Ironman Western Australia. Yep. Close the gap a bit on the bike, um, and then uh, apparently went the wrong way for a short period on the run, unfortunately. Uh. Um, so he was about nine minutes back in second, and then Hans Mullerbauer in Mullerbauer. third place. That was, a, that was a close race for third. Uh, he was only just over a minute back in 8.39. Nice swim sort of things. Who took that out? It was a good uh, a good race, Seb. Um, uh, the Japan race is really dominated by a lot of the Japanese, uh, if you look through the top ten there. Mm. But Nioma Imazumi took nice. it out by... Uh, ended up being four minutes over Bree Wee, and Bree Wee was the fastest age grouper last year in Kona. She yep. did a, a fantastic race. I think it was her first Kona ever, um, and she is actually from, from the Big Island, I believe. So she was four minutes back in 9.37, and then Sarah Pollock was uh, a little way back there in 9.54. Nice. And then lastly, Jesus, big Ironman weekend, wasn't it? We had Ironman France. And uh, it's just one of the classic races uh, for, for a long, long time. For the guys that don't haven't followed Ironman for a long time, Nice was sort of the... One of the pin-up events, it was basically you either wanted to try to win Kona or you wanted to go to Nice and win Nice. And it used to be run over the uh, shorter distance, sort of the ITU long distance of a, a 4K swim, 120K bike, 3K run. Um, but it's now part of the, the guys that do the triangle events. So they run Ironman Nice, they run Austria, and they run, I think, maybe South Africa. So I think Mark Allen's involved there. Really tough bike course, a lot of climbing. Um, the swim's beautiful just off, off the coast there of Nice. Uh, and then the run, um, I, I presume they still do the same run. You run up and down the Promenade, Promenade des Anglais. Uh, beautiful, beautiful place to race. Last year's winner took it out again, Victor, I mean, uh, Marcel Zamora Perez. Ripped it on the run uh, with a 2.45 to cross the tape in 8.34. In front of the French, uh, one of the French favourites, Herve Fuave in 8:41, and Patrick Winger in 8:45. And interesting to see here, Rudkabiki only managing fifth place. Mm. Uh, and but the, the times here are always a little bit slower. Um, but it was, it was a fast day. I was reading. They're saying that so a, lot, a lot of the age groupers had really, really fast times. I think it was like 12 age group records or something. Like it was a fast day at the office. Wow. I think. Mm, yeah. So, hmm. Nice. And we did have an age grouper there again uh, in the top 10. So, too. Damien Landon was, uh, came in in 8th place in 9 hours 10. So, good to see the age groupers mixing it mm. up again. And the girls? The girls. Whoa, my computer's going crazy. Mm, okay, Martina. Oh, you go. Uh, okay. Martina Doganar took it out in 9.35 very very easy victory well, a very strong day all around she ran a 3.07 so a fantastic run she took it out by 25 minutes from Catcher Shoemaker who's a 40, 40 year old so she's she's getting on as well so I could see the oldies uh, the oldies uh, <laughs> <and Marshall. laughs> 
Don't tell Dave Scott there, mate. <laughs> some, of the, some of the guys on Epic Camp said, geez, what was Bevan doing talking to Dave Scott like he was some sort of grand, grandpa? <laughs> so uh, apparently that came across pretty well. <laughs> and we had a uh, 25-year-old yeah, Alexandra Loisson in uh, 10.03 uh, in third place. So she won last year. So good to see uh, close racing between second and third. But Martina Dogana, that's probably the name to watch. 9.35 on that course is, is a pretty solid time. Okay, so, so other than news, actually one you don't know about, Jonbo, but Tim DeBoon may not be doing Hawaii this year. Um, some listener, I can't actually remember who sent it through, I probably should have kept it up. But, um, there's an article on dailycamera.com, which I don't know what that's all about, but um, and it's talking about how Tim DeBoom is considering not doing uh, Hawaii this year, and he's actually thinking about doing a 100-mile ultramarathon race in Colorado at some stage. He's just not sure if he wants to do Kona this year, thinking of going back in 2009. So that's interesting, well, isn't it? Well, yeah, definitely, definitely read that he and a number of people have said to me that he's doing the, the Leadville race, which is a, a really tough race in Colorado. So, uh, And from what I've been told, it sounds like he's really enjoying just a bit of variety and training and that's one of the things actually nice lead and Bevan to the next uh, topic. Yeah. Sometimes when you've been doing tries for a long time and he has been, he, he started off as an age grouper and just sort of moved his way through the ranks is you sometimes just need a bit of variety and I found another um, race that's coming up that I thought was really cool for guys that do want a bit of variety. It's called the Ultra Endurance Triathlon Race um, and it's uh, the Burrito Union 10 Hour Triathlon. That's so fun, doesn't it? And basically Oh, it sounds like wicked fun. It's something I'd really love to do. Basically, how it works is the triathlon consists of a 600-meter swim, 14-mile bike, and 3.1-mile run. You can do it in a person or a team of two or three, and you basically keep going, and you do the maximum number of triathlons you can in 10 hours. So that'd be cool. I mean, you'd see some serious carnage when guys are, you know, maybe six or seven, eight hours yeah. into the race, and then they're diving in to, to do their swim again. You'd see some full-body cramps going on. It'd be wicked. I like it because it's like for for the sport it's being a bit innovative and it's like one thing with multi-sports is they have those 24-hour races where they have like laps you know and you get like orders like my mountain biking racing and there's kind of like a lap and each person on the team does a lap and I think it's a really good way to get teams involved with triathlon in a bigger way like sure we have the Ironman teams where someone's swimming bikes and run but this way you can get a triathlete and you get a few of your mates who are triathletes together have an event like this I think it's really innovative like if you were to have a 24-hour triathlon you know that'd be really cool as well yeah Mm, I think it'd be fantastic. It'd be cool for the, I think it'd be cool for the spectators. Obviously, you probably wouldn't sit there for ten hours, but it'd be cool to watch the lead leaderboards sort of fluctuate up and down as guys that go out pretty hard in the first couple of tries, and then they start to explode, and they've still got six hours to go. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be fantastic. It's certainly something I'd really uh, look to enjoy. So. If you guys want to check that out, you can go on to tryjuice.com and I've got a little article on there about it. And uh, yeah, it sounds it's uh, in September 6th in Superior, Wisconsin. Okay, and uh, new world champs in Vancouver, 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 Vancouver for ITU. Yeah, so that was the weekend before last. Um, it's good, good to see Emma Snow still um, back on top. I think I think it's going to be a really interesting race between her and Vanessa Fernandez and. Um, Beijing in a couple of months' time. Um, she no, she didn't. She didn't win. It was Helen Tucker who won. I'm looking at a different race. Uh, oh, yeah. So Helen Tucker, she she came out of nowhere. There was a breakaway on the bike between her and one other Sarah Haskins, I think it was from the states, um, and they just killed everybody on the bike. And uh, Helen Tucker, who has won a World Cup race before, um, came out and, and took the race. And then on the guys' side of things, old uh, Gomez. Um, 
bit of again, but it's actually his first world title in front of our own Devin Doherty. So uh, well, probably one of the interesting things that came out of the world champs is not so much the elite race, but I've heard a few reports back from people that it wasn't um, the most fun world champs and wasn't particularly well organised. So oh, really? it'll be interesting to hear some other feedback. Basically, as they were going through some of the age group races, the, the water temperature was um, fluctuating. It was very, very cold. And so for a lot of the day for the age groupers, they, they got to race and they, they got their race done and dusted, but it was cold. Uh, but the further they got into the day, then they actually started cancelling the swim, and a oh, lot of really? athletes actually ended up doing a duathlon instead of a triathlon. So uh, it seems a bit bizarre to me that some people can go out and do a triathlon in the morning, and then as the day goes on, they actually cancel it, and it becomes a duathlon. So, yeah, I'll be, be interested to hear from other athletes on, on how that although, although I have to admit, apparently, it does sound like my kind of race. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be loving it. I'd be loving it. First run to pieces. <laughs> It's always a problem, you know, holding a race that early in the year in, in, in um, North America, and it's also been unseasonably cold. Yeah. Um, what else? So no, someone here. What are we, we ITU talk this week, mate? What's all this about? <sighs> it's fantastic. <sighs> I, I guess you know, if, if we are ever going to talk about the ITU races, it's going to be the World Champs, the Olympics, and we've got to talk about um, this. This uh, Dame Wild. Is it quarter of a million for the win? It's it's two hundred thousand US for the win, so it's it's big bickies, and it's um it's fantastic to see the ITU getting some some big money in there, and uh, Emma Snow still took out the girls' race relatively easy, and Rasmus Henning, mate, that guy must have a few dollars in the bank now because he's won it two years in a row. Nice. And he took it out by eight seconds from Devin Doherty, so Devin finished. Uh, I think he finished second last year as well, and I think the drop off is. First place is two hundred thousand. Yeah, you got fifty thousand. Second place is forty thousand. So, oh, 40, yeah, so it's, a, it's a big drop off. <laughs> okay, lastly, you want to talk about Bazzoni doing like lots of series. Yeah, I, I, I guess um, if people haven't been following, we haven't had a, a sort of a live show like this for a few weeks. But if people haven't been following Terenzo Bazzoni, he's done like three or four. Um, 70.3s in the last four or five weeks and he's just caning it so it's going to be interesting to see how his young body holds up to that um, but, and he's, he's certainly the, the man to watch on the 70.3 series this year and it'll be interesting to see when he battles with Craig Alexander a bit more to see who comes out on top but uh, the guy's having a fantastic year mm. Okay so we had a discussion a week a few weeks ago, it's been a kind of few weeks since we've done a normal show and the discussion of the week was should the uh, Ironman be an event at the Olympic Games? Obviously, it's quite topical with the Olympic Games coming up pretty soon. And, and someone did mention that maybe we talked about this before, but we did get lots of comments on it and uh, some really good feedback. So do you want to go one for one, John? Yep. And the hot topic of the week is brought to you by artoftry.com. Oh, so, so you can go on Art of Try, get, get all your cool Art of Try gear. If you go on there, we've got a discount code IMT78. That gives you uh, a really good discount on all products. That only goes until the end of June, so you guys need to get it on there this week and get onto there. And they have got some new products coming out, so you can check those out. But if you go to artoftrio.com, the code is IMT78. Well, I was out training with Porno the other day, and he was telling me that they've got some new gear on there, and he reckons it's really, really cool. So check it out. Use the discount. Get on it. You know, you go first. Cool. So I've picked out three. Hopefully they're not the same three you've got. Well, um, not. So Morton Liebach, and we actually get to see everybody's names these days now we do it on Apple. No, no, there's one so that no one is supposed to. 
<laughs> he says, well, it ain't going to happen because of politics. I remember reading a really good idea um, in a Brett Sutton interview 10 years ago in 220 magazine. He said that the Olympic triathlon should be a, a time trial, basically over the 1,500 metre, 40k, 10k race on the first day. And then... Uh, Later on, um, a mass start with a 4K swim, 120K bike, 30K run, non-drafting. And he actually said on the second day, um, and that would sort of uh, probably eliminate any politic issues you would have between uh, ITU and Ironman uh, WTC by not having an actual iron distance race. Oh, there you go. Well, Andrew Kerr, or Chibex, basically said, I think last time I answered the question, we got to discussing things like Tour de France versus the Olympics road race. This time I think I'm going to go with a different slant. I think duathlon is a better candidate than Ironman for the Olympics. It takes out all the cheating that is swimming and brings different nations to the fore with big duration powerhouses such as Belgium potentially meddling. We all know that sports selection is flawed at the Olympics anyway as they remove the 1k time trial from cycling and yet still give it heaps of medals for swimming. Mm, so yeah. It's bloody stupid. I'm going to duathlon at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hey, I'm just swimming, putting an opinion out there, mate. I'm just reading it, you know? <laughs> swimming's key. You, you know how much important the swimming is. Oh, I tell you, I'd be at the Olympics if it was a duathlon. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we had, uh, I picked out Vince Mullen. Um, I'm not too sure it's a great idea. I totally agree with the sentiment that it could be uh, could be the importance of Kona, and I think it could be criminal. Our sport is, uh, has a spiritual home, and it should stay that way. Olympic distance triathlon since 2000 have been a success on the back of the games, but I think they missed the boat by not going down the non-drafting route. Um, he goes on to say, how, how about this for an Olympic try and see teams of three in a team trial, team time trial over the Olympic uh, distance and draft legal within your team. Uh, so it's interesting points there because uh, they do actually have a team time trial um, race uh the ITU run one, and it's really, I don't, I don't know, it doesn't seem to be that popular, nobody really seems to get into it that much, so I, I do wonder whether that would uh, be a hit at the Olympics, but certainly uh, it's a good idea, I think. Um, but I think uh, in Vince's comment on the, the fact that they missed the boat by going non-drafting, um, yep. I think we've discussed before, it's just, it's just not realistic these days for the elite level to have non-drafting races given the, the closeness of the fields unless you had you did it on a 10 lane uh, motorway it just yeah. wouldn't happen or time trialed um, ok Andy Payne Ironman is stuck in a rock and a hard place for all of us it's a great sport that tests all of us at every level but would even we would even be as keen to watch it for 80 hours for some people this would be the like riding through the nights in the Olympics with adverts it could be a sponsor's dream event but as we know most people want live deep fried and instant that's why the 100 metres is such a popular event so if Ironman had to change to fit the Olympics then it should not be in if not, then give it a go. So he's basically saying, yep, at the end of the day, he would like to see it, but only if it could really be what it is. But he thinks that maybe people will struggle with the amount of time it would take to have the event on. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, because with the Olympics, at least how it's covered in New Zealand, is you never really stay off one event that long anyway, and they just come and go all day. And so you have, like, I don't know, some badminton, and next thing you know, you're watching some running, and next thing you know, you know, and I think that Ironman is one of those events that you could have starting at the morning, and, you know, throughout the day, keep going back to it, and, you know, it gets pretty exciting as it builds up. So, hmm, interesting. Yeah, uh, that was my last one too, so let me just uh, pick out one other one. Toby Head, I would rather see an individual Olympic triathlon non-drafting that, uh, than team race. In terms of TV coverage, which is all we know, 
Excuse me, hold on a second. You are right there, mate? You want to cuddle? Uh, you're right there. Excuse me. Did oh, you get that, you you get that sneeze coming through? Oh, I got sneeze in. Catching in a cold in this forty degree weather. Uh, poor you. <laughs> in terms of TV coverage, which we all know dominates much of what is shown, I could hear the commentators who would know nothing about the sport or athletes saying, and now back to the triathlon long course, where they're three and a half hours into the ride, no change in the leaderboard, and we'll be back there another four hours for the final sprint, uh, sprint finish on the run. And that's, a, that's a good point. It's one um, big frustration I have with the Olympics is when you get commentators who don't know what they're talking about and they just keep uh, pulling out the wrong names. And uh, one thing that was fantastic in New Zealand at the last Olympics was we had Brendan Telfer, who... Uh, he doesn't know a lot about triathlon, but he knows a little bit. Uh, and then we had Chris Gimmel in the commentary seat with him, who missed out on a spot. And it was fantastic because Chris knew exactly what was going on. He knew all the names. He knew the athletes and where their strengths and strengths and weaknesses were. So it was fantastic for the for the the audience because uh, Chris could give them a really good feel of what was going on. And uh, and that may be the case if they have eyes. Man, and the Olympics, you may get a crappy commentator and get yeah, really good coverage. And because I know, I know two guys who would really be great at commentating at the Olympics: <laughs> the John and Bevan Show. How about that, eh? Okay, lastly, I'm just going to give. Contact. a... Yep, that's right, Jeff Earl. But give me a bit of crap here. I think of think of Bevan watching the Olympics. The standard try only lasts two hours. At least with an Ironman distance race, you'd have up to ten hours of watching TV and not thinking about the fact that once his, once again his relationship has gone belly up. Where's the love, mate? Where's the love, Jeff? You got downtown. If I ever see you in a race, you got downtown. So anyway, I wasn't happy about that, but there's some good news on that front anyway. But I'm not telling you. So there you go. Anyway, this week's discussion. <laughs> <laughs> this week's discussion. Uh, this week's discussion. Well, a few weeks ago, we had what are the top ten Ironman male athletes of all time, and it was a really interesting discussion. I think this one's going to be a little bit harder to be honest, because it will be what is the top ten female Iron Iron distant athletes of all time. And uh, I think it'll be pretty obvious with the first few, but overall, you know, I think it's you know it's pretty interesting. I think yeah, once we get past about number six or seven, mm. I think that'll start to get uh, start to get interesting because yeah, the first few will really sort of just put themselves out there straight away. But that'll be interesting, and um, we should uh, when we're in rote maybe try to catch up with Mac or somebody like that who's a bit of a triathlon historian mm. and and, uh, and get their views on that as well. Just quickly, I went a bit fast forward there. What do you think about the Olympic thing? Do you think it should be there or not? Well. I think if if you put I think the politics side of things and and all the things actually getting to race day would would certainly um, stop it from ever, ever happening. Um, just you know the qualifying, the problems with uh, ITU versus WTC. But I do think it would be a great thing to have um, because I do think it sort of embraces what the Olympics is all about. But I think there's too many things there that are going to stop it happening. Um, and also, I think that the the TV side of things, the fact I don't think it's that exciting for the average Joe blogs, um, I think would stop it happening. What the the reason why Hawaii gets such great coverage on on NBC and so on is it's it's a one hour show yeah, put into uh, you know an eight hour event put into a one hour show, and it's got the the human interest stories in there and lots of interviews and so on. Yeah. And they don't they wouldn't be able to do that at the Olympics. So whilst I think you know from a purist point of view, I think it would be great can't see it ever happening um, but I do feel strongly about there being another um, 
event at the Olympics, and I think that the natural choice for that would be to do a non-drafting race. Um, but I did find it really interesting actually talking with Chris Gemmell. I'm not sure if you listened to that interview I did yeah, with him, yeah. but he was sort of saying that it, it, he didn't think it'd be that exciting. And he says, you know, the reason why he, he gets excited about say the Tour de France time trial is there's lots of other things happening because there's all the time differentials. Yeah. Whereas um, if you watch the Olympic time trial race, the cycling time trial, it's not very exciting. It's almost like a foregone conclusion. You know who's won. Yeah. So that may also happen a little bit if they had a non-drafting race. So mm. I think the options are, you know, um, doing a non-drafting race or doing a team time trial, maybe doing a non-drafting drafting sprint distance race um, uh, time trial. There's lots of possibilities, but uh, I just don't think the Earth's don't think the um, Ironman team are going to make it to the Olympics. But yeah, I, kind of, I, well, I agree. I don't think we'll ever get there. I think it would be actually really cool if it was there. I think the one thing Olympics does do is it creates stars um, in your sport outside of your sport. So, for example, like Maka. Mm. I remember when I was talking to Maka and wrote last year and we were talking about Hamish Carter. This is off air. And he was just talking to me. He was asking me about how Hamish Carter is going in New Zealand. Now, Hamish Carter in New Zealand is a superstar. And Huge. If, he, if he didn't have won the Olympic gold, he, he, was, he was a bit of a profile in New Zealand, but he would never have been what he is now. And for our sport, I think that if they had an Olympic gold medalist, like if Mac was an Olympic gold medalist, sure he's big in Australia and sure he's big in the States, but he had more pulling power with that kind of backing behind him. And I think that's one thing the Olympics does do to certain sports. And um, Ironman probably could do with a bit of that because athletes really do struggle for that high profile. And there's probably only four or five athletes out there who are getting a decent profile. And so... Um, I don't know, I think that'd be definitely one thing about it and, and I kind of disagree with people about the Hawaii thing I think it's, it'd be good for the sport to have one thing every four years that would be the pinnacle and um, I think in a way the Hawaii's kind of hung as a noose over us in a way to control the sport and uh, I think that if you yeah. had something that actually was a little bit stronger than Hawaii then you know maybe, it'd get, maybe it'd be other events would be able to come out that weren't based on WTC so yeah, just some thoughts I agree with that. I think, you know, if Cameron Brown goes and wins Hawaii, um, yeah, he's set five. I think it'll get a one day. Oh, it'll no. get good yeah, coverage. Yeah, good coverage, yeah. Go. If he was uh, an Olympic medal, he'd yeah. be uh, he'd be. Yeah. Okay, uh, Okay. so that's a discussion. I'm just going to do, I'm doing the intro here. Here we go, we go. Age Grouper of the Week. You tell me about this one, John, because you've seen it three. You didn't really tell me why it was. Well, it's great because he finished an Ironman, but tell me more. Sorry, you cut out there. Okay, well, tell me about our age group of the week. <laughs> our age group of the week this week. I wanted to give uh, I wanted to give Lanzarote some coverage here because okay. it's a bloody tough race. Uh, so I thought I'm going to find myself an age group of the week from Ironman Lanzarote. Best way to do that: go onto Athlinks, scroll down Athlinks, and I found the first Athlinks member who finished uh, who oh, finished nice. Ironman Lanzarote. His name's Bob Gordon. He's 45 years old. Northampton. He is from he is from Nottinghamshire, England. He swam one one eleven. He biked seven fifty seven, and he ran four thirty seven for a total time of fourteen oh seven. So yeah, Lanzarote. It's a tough, tough day at the office, and it really is uh, a test of your patience because the bike is so hard and so windy. And on on average, you tend to see guys going around about, or for age group guys going around about one hour slower there. Um, unfortunately, it looks like Bob uh, here went almost one hour slower than his time in Lanzarote the year before, but still good to see him finishing. So. Get on to Athlinks for you guys out there and, and uh, for the guys that race Cord Lane the weekend. I know there'll be a lot of you guys out there. Um, get on there, claim your results at Bob Gordon. 
So yeah. the first... You are... You are a... Age group of the week. Age group of the week. <laughs> There's a bit of a delay. So anyway, I love Ethlinks anyway. You know why? Because on my Ethlinks, when I sign in and I go for all my records, they put a faster time than I've ever done before. So I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them about that. No, that's always good when that happens. I love it. I've got me in as a, well, listen, listen, I think I've got me in as like a 9.15 or 9.14. And, you know, I've, I've done 9.19s, my PB. And so... You know, I have to say, I was pretty happy to see that, you know. I probably shouldn't tell everyone because it makes me look better, but 9.13, that was a great year, that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you go to a race and you win your age group and there's no one else in your age group. You don't tell anybody about that. You just say, one my age group. <laughs> one my age group. <laughs> exactly. Okay, then what's up next? Um, website of the week. I'm not doing music. It's my last day music. here. Here we go. Okay. Website of the week. Now, um... We were, when we were over on Epic Camp in Italy, um, the guys were always eagerly sort of wanting to know how hard the climbs were, and I was sort of saying, well, I drove over and it was it was this hard. And, uh, and the car was, was that hard. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, surprisingly, um, so the, I often find in the car that um, the climbs seem harder in the car than what they do when you're on the bike. That's Actually, in Italy, I found the opposite. I found thought the climbs were a bit easier than what I thought they were going to be. They were still bloody difficult. But Ian from Pyrenees Multisport, where, where I am at the moment, and where we're holding um, Camp Kiakaha this weekend, um, yep. he showed me a really good website. Uh, it's called www.climbbybike.com. And basically, you go on here, which I'm about to do right now. That's pretty good. And you can find a whole bunch of climbs from all around the world. Um, and it basically tells you the gradient. Um, it gives you maps. It gives you pictures. Um, yeah. People can write up reviews on that particular climb. Um, so it's really good to just in terms of planning your, your gearing, knowing the steepest gradient you're going to have to get over, <clears throat> what the average, average gradient is, so you can pace yourself well up the climb. So you can, um, they've basically got all the stages from the Tour de France this year coming up, all the stages from the Giro, from the Vuelta, um, you can search by country. There isn't actually any climbs on there at this stage from New Zealand. <clears throat> they've got France, Italy, Spain, Belgium, Netherlands. Oh no, they've got and lots of it climbs, and they have things like, rank, they rank the most difficult climbs in the world, the most climb coals. Yeah. Like it's really, really detailed, it seems really wicked, and if you're planning your travel, if you're going to be in Europe, or if you're going to be anywhere, and uh, you're thinking you want to do some climbing, it's really great. Like they've got all the climbs on Google Maps, so you can see it on Google Maps. They often have pictures of the climbs as well. Um, yeah, you can find your bike on Google Earth. Well, I don't know what that's all about, but it seems so thorough. And for those that, you know, there's something about going away and doing some of the big climbs when you're on holiday. Uh, if you get a chance, if you're going to be going somewhere, this is a great website to check out and maybe plan some good riding, eh? Hmm. And you can now go on there and you can publish your own climbs. So you basically go into climbbybike.com and then they've got all the instructions on how you actually uh, can, can publish your own climb. It's, it's easier than you think, apparently. Um, so it'd be good if we can get some Kiwis out there and uh, getting some of the, climb, the, the the really famous climbs in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, climbbybike.com. Really okay, cool on it, just interesting, I haven't heard of this rider, but on it they've had the best climber of all time voted by Climb by Bike kind of users, a Belgian guy called Lesson Van Imp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard yeah. of him? I've heard of him. He was a great Tour de France uh, rider. Really? There you go. 10,000 yeah. people actually voted for him, and yeah, he was number one overall, so greatest climber of all time. Jeez, he must have been an animal then, eh? 
Oh, yeah, and then it's got the, the 20, 20 most climbed coals. It's got the 20 most difficult climbs. Um, no, it's, it's really good stuff. Okay, mate, you know what? Do you want to do your, do you want to do Cochise Corner this week or do you want to flag it for now? Because I think we're going to be right yep. for the time. You know okay, do, go, okay. You, you do the no, intro. We'll, we'll, no, we'll flag it. We'll do it next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you keen to flag it? Okay, do an intro to Scott. <laughs> Okay, so I've got a bit of an intro coming up anyway, but uh, here's the last uh, <coughs> installment from Epic Camp. There wasn't a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, here, I reckon, mate, that, right was a shock, that was a shocking effort. Yeah, I mean, you did like uh, two interviews on the whole camp, one after the camp was it, finished, weak and you know it. <laughs> It was pretty weak, but I tell you, I was uh, I was a busy boy. And the one, the one, uh, um, I'm, I am dragging excuses out here. Yeah, you are. One thing we we did have over there was um, just the eating. You know, on on Epic Camp New Zealand, we had a fantastic support crew, and they they get the food ready, and we basically uh, shovel it down our throats really quickly, and we're done and dusted within you know 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah. When we're over in um, Italy, we basically we're having a three or four four course meal every night, and uh, so we're sitting down for you know an hour and a half at least every night, and that just sort of eats up the time um, and so I did manage to stay on top of my blog and there are some cool photos on the website so you guys can go and check those out um, but yeah the, the podcast was uh, was just not happening. <laughs> yeah it was a wiki effort you know, but it's okay unless you know it. Here's Scott Molina Okay guys so it's time for one final short instalment from Epic Camp I know the camp finished probably about a week and a half ago now but uh, had to get Scott Molina on here as he is one of the founders of the camps and uh, had spent a lot of time thinking about this camp and, and the planning and so on. So the Epic Camp Reports are brought to you by High Five for all your sports nutrition, Blue 70 for anything related to wetsuits and getting wet, Fuel Belt for carrying all your nutrition, Oomph for some wicked race gear, Head for carbon fibre everything, Coffees of Hawaii for all your coffee needs of course, and we're proudly assisted by the guys from Pyrenees Maui Sport who do our support crew for the, the camp. All I've got left here is, as I said, interview with Scott Molina. It's about uh, 8 to 10 minutes long. He's ridden in some um, pretty, place, pretty awesome places all around the world and he, he really rates this camp as, as one of the highlights. So listen up and the next instalments of Epic Camp will be coming to you in January when we have Epic Camp New Zealand. And we're now in the process of planning Epic Camp France, which will be in the Alps next June. So until then, that's the end of Epic Camp Reports. Here's Scott. Okay, I'm sitting here with Scott Molina. Uh, it's now Monday. We've finished the camp. You said last night that you've been thinking about this for 20 years, coming and riding over here. Was it... Uh, Everything you expected, and or a little bit different to what you expected. Well, it was a lot better than I expected. I, I thought the traffic might be a problem, and it was very little problem. I didn't know anything about the bike path system. Mm. Um, when planning the routes, uh, never anticipated that I'd be riding a bike path at all, mm. and so that has been a huge bonus. And. I had an idea that the cycling it would be cycling friendly, like France was, you know, as far as the motors are concerned, and that has turned out to be the case. Um, you know, they are very friendly and very patient, and um, the road surface also uh, is a lot better than I anticipated. I, I thought it would be more like Spain, you know, maybe a, the country would be a bit under construction. Yeah. Um, but it's it's 
it's it's far more developed than Spain, and um, the road surfaces are great, probably better than France. Yeah. And so, how did the camp sort of pan out for you personally? Was it uh, did you get everything you you hoped to get out of it? Yeah, I did. I um, I my goal was always to complete every camp. You know, when we set out the routes, you know, you and Gordo uh, helped me to moderate things a little bit, <laughs> a little bit crazy. Like, uh, for instance, um, thinking about doing Stelville and Gavia in, in one day, in, in addition to swimming and running. Yeah. You know, things like that. You know, I, I get a little carried away at times with the with the with the difficulty of the camps. But you know, having said that, I I want them to be a challenge for me. Yeah. You know, I don't. I never want to design a camp where I think, yeah, no problem, I can get through that. That that's not that's not my thinking. I'm thinking it has to be a challenge for me where every single day I think, okay, you know, this the, the, yeah, yeah <laughs> this is going to be hard. Yeah. You know, and um, because that's that's what I want for everybody else. I want the, I want it to be a real challenge that that's memorable, you know, and significant. And say when they get home, you know, they, they think, you know, that was that was hard, one of the hardest things I've ever done, in a good way, not, not in a miserable way, but yeah. you know, the good good kind of challenges that that we get into the sport for. Yeah. Um, in terms of any any favorite days, in terms of the camp, particular climbs that really just went whoa. Um, Cortina was a find. You know, it was wet when we were there, but I can imagine that when it's dry, yeah. you know, there's so many rides you could do from that town, and it's big enough that it has everything. Unfortunately, the pool was under construction, so we couldn't swim there, so we had to spend a bit more time in the van than I would have liked. But um, so Cortina was a fine. I thought it was a beautiful city. Oh my God! And then um, Passa de Herb was was a bonus uh, climb. We just we just happened to stumble on that one. I know, man. That is in the middle of nowhere, and that was. Beautiful, yeah. God, and the road was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Stelvio was was everything um, and more that I thought. You know, uh, when you uh, sitting on your bike after a solid hour of climbing, and you finally get to that last bit that's just up that rock face. It's like, <laughs> whoa! You know, it's like, wow. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and the snow and the bratwurst and the beer at the top were all just perfect. You know, it just that was a cool scene. Um, what else? Um, I thought for, from this camp, um, I would say percentage-wise, it's probably the highest completion rate out of all the uh, camps that I've been involved in, in terms of, you know, pretty much everybody managed to complete the camp. And uh, that wasn't because we set an easy route, though. I think we just had a, a good calibre of, of determined athletes this time. Well, also look at the percentage of returning campers. Yes. You know, like Anthony DeMarco is a good example. He came out of New York to New Zealand uh, in January and... You know, had some idea he was pretty fit, but he he wasn't able to prepare. Mm. It was the wrong time of year, uh, and it was his first camp, and you know he underestimated the difficulty, and he was just no way prepared. And this time, you know, he went out and did a lot of work, got out of the city, went to do the big uh, rides, um, and Harriman that's out of, out out uh, outside of New York City. You know, and and Randy, mm -hmm. the same thing. You know, came out of New York City in the winter last time. Uh, this time he didn't, even did a, a camp in, in Majorca earlier in the year. And so I think over the years, people who want to do the camp and are interested in the camp have learned, you know, okay, this is what it takes, this is what people do. You know, um, obviously Steve um, is a machine, is a machine and a, 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 far, a follow, 
follower of Gordo. Yeah. So, you know, he's very similar to Gordo in many, many ways. Yeah. And trains a lot, and so does Joe. And so I think, yeah, I think there was the combination of people returning, knowing what it's all about, and people knowing the history of the camps. Yeah. And so they know what they need to do to prepare. Mm. And what's your sort of plan for the, for the rest of the year now? You've, you've obviously got a bit of good fitness under you. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm running okay now, which is the uh, first time in a couple of years, which is nice. Uh, my knee did not bother me at all nice. while running. Now, I, to be fair, I didn't run over 10K. <laughs> um, and, uh, but uh, I feel like I can. I did in preparation for this camp. I did quite a few long runs. Yeah. And so that's cool. Um, I've got Kona in September. You don't? I mean, October. Are you doing Kona this yeah, year? Yeah. I'm signed up. Taking on Dave Scott, eh? No, Dave, Dave won't make it. <laughs> but he's not in my age group anyway. He's, oh, over, 50. he's over 50. I'm, yeah. still in the, I'm still in the young guy's age group. Um, so hopefully I can make it there uh, healthy. I've got a couple of nice trips uh, coming up uh, the rest of the year. One with Gordo in Colorado uh, coming up pretty soon. And then one, Pete O'Brien's uh, Queensland 650 tour, oh, yeah. which has a triathlon focus this year. Uh, so I'll be over there for a few days before and after. If people are interested in that, you go to cisport.co.nz and it's, well it's 650 because it's 650Ks, is it? Yeah, it's like 650Ks on the bike, but they're actually, he's extending it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that's approximate, the, the main rides, the main four rides yeah. add up to 650K. Nice. And it's, 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 it's good. I did the recce for it last year and it's, 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 a fun, it's all great routes. Cool. Very good. Oh well, I bet you're looking forward to getting back to the Christchurch weather. Ah, uh, maybe no, not. <laughs> but um, that's okay. I'm, I'm you're only I'm, there for a week. <laughs> I'm gonna give my bike a little rest anyway, uh, until probably mid-August. Then I'll I'll ramp it up again. Yeah. But um, just before we finish, uh, the other real bonus, two other bonuses of this camp were the pools. Mm. I couldn't believe the pools in Italy. Some yeah. of the nicest pools I've ever swam in. And uh, I want to say a big thanks to Ian and Julie, who were our support crew for the second time now, along with John Ellis, who's on his fourth camp. And, and in planning the Alps, I would say one of the main things we should think about is when can Ian and Julie do it? Mm. Um, because uh, you know, it sure makes our lives a heck of a lot easier to have them help us out. So you guys will be hearing quite a few reports over the next few weeks um, when I'll be based at Pyrenees Multisport. We'll be doing Camp Kia Car from there, so we'll be able to tell you exactly what it's like. We been, have been there before, but often when you go on camps, you're sort of you're not quite sure what you're getting yourself in for. But when you've got Julie and Ian looking after yourself, you know all you've got to worry about is getting out there and training, and they pretty much take care of everything else. So you can check out PyreneesMultisport.com if you want to get over there, and uh, they've got various camps through the year. And we do have two spaces left on our Camp Kia Car if anybody is keen to come along. So. Thanks for a good camp, Scott, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you later in the year. Alrighty. Questions and answers. This is actually a bit of a cool one, and the funny thing is I swim at this pool, so someone sent us through, who was it? It was a person called Ben Barnett. Ben Barnett. And uh, he sent us through uh, an email to a link to a website, stuff.co.nz, which is kind of New Zealand's kind of like one of New Zealand's top news websites and it's about uh, water rage hits swimming pools and it's how at Centennial Pool in Christchurch they put up a sign basically saying that don't swim in the lane that you're not up to and, and as an ability of speed and that if so because people being starting to hit each other in the corner lane rage is starting to happen 
bloody funny stuff. Uh, and it, it's true. I mean, it, it really, this seriously happens. Um, mm. It sounds like people almost come to blows. Uh, it is frustrating. <laughs> but people, it's, it's like um, cycling etiquette. If, if you don't know, you, you don't have a clue, you know. And yeah. you get people going up into the fast lane and doing breaststroke and things like that. So, oh, no, but to be um, honest, I swim at Centennial sometimes, and people you, like you get people walking in the fast lane like you, it really is yeah. it really is painful and, and like I'm not an angry man but I have to admit there's been a couple of times at Centennial where the you know I'm turning into Incredible Hulk because I'm getting a little bit angry and it's uh yeah it's pretty crazy stuff there at times it is better now I have, to have noticed the signs so yeah it's funny so, so, so tip number one if you do want to clear your lane and you want to get people out, um, get yourself either a big set of hand paddles, <laughs> and that often does does a trick. But the, the without doubt, the most effective way of uh, creating a bit of space in your lane is to get some butterfly going. So uh-huh. butterfly is actually very good for your swimming. If you, you need to get someone to give you a few tips in terms of how to swim butterfly, but it's it's a guaranteed way to get people out of your lane. Um, what about the old tip the toe trick? It's actually very good. You know, just, you know, Sorry? what about tapping the toes? You know, just swim behind them, tapping the toes all the time. That gets them out real quick. Yeah, yeah. And, and a bit of backstroke, you know, because you can always get away with um, giving people a bit of a whack when you're doing backstroke. <laughs> you sort of go, oh, I couldn't see you, or you know, you just, just sort of get get the old fingernails down the side of the body. So there's lots of different techniques, but it's, it sounds like some people at Centennial maybe take it a little too far and actually almost want to flatten someone. But yeah. it's, it's a problem that... Um, I think a lot of people have. Uh, we don't have it so much in New Zealand because um, a lot of our pools are quiet. But and um, I know when one of the pools in Italy, some of the guys got a bit frustrated because people were doing like breaststroke diagonally across the pool. Oh, really? And how many lane reps? Um, uh, but it's it's a good article. If you go, we have a link yeah, up on the we'll website through the stuff, and it's it's quite entertaining. Stuff. Got a got a few other things I need to mention now. Anyone who lives in Auckland, we've got a listener um, in Selma, in Selma, and she's going. She's from the UK, I think it is, and she's going to spend some time in Auckland to train. And she's just unsure of cycling routes in Auckland. And so, if anyone wants to email me through some good cycling routes that she would then be able to use when she comes to Auckland, that'd be really great. Um, the guys at Blue Seventy have started. Or you go to. Oh, here we go. If you, you may want to check out um, mapmytry.com. Okay. Um, and often people will post some good uh, cycling routes on there. Great. Um, and then also, um, the guys at Blue 7 have actually started their own little web um, kind of video log. Uh, check it out. It's a bit of a laugh. I'll put a link to that on Talk. And then lastly, it's Luke Drags' birthday today, John. Here you go. Oh, great. And I'm going to tell you a funny story about Luke Drags. So in... in, in wrote last year I got to know Luke quite well and he's, he's a good guy he's a bit of a character and uh, Luke has this thing about not letting anyone know his age and particularly if it's a female there's, there's no one seems to know his age and, and he is quite fortunate because Luke looks like quite a young man but I think he's a little bit older than what he tells a lot of people so your mission this week if you choose to accept it is to try and find out what Luke Jackson's real age is because he, honestly he, he told me he told me three different answers <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, sort it out. Um, also, if you want to go onto our wiki page, that's really great. Um, Amazon, it's really great. We we aren't doing juicies at the moment. We're getting a lot of emails through asking about juicies, but we're backing them up. So when we get back from Roach, we'll get onto that ASAP. Um, people also ask about other gear, and we'll probably look to do that once we both get back from Roach as well. Sponsors. Okay. Trybios.com. Yeah. So Bevan mentioned earlier, earlier at the start of the show, um, we do have a discount code there, BevJohn, 
So, no, sorry, that's wrong. It's John Bev. John Bev. J-O-H-N-B-E-V. I've used that up until the end of June. 15% off uh, any shopping you do on trybuys.com. You can't beat that. If you spend over 200 US, you still get the same deals apply where you get free shipping anywhere in the world. So it's... Uh, Pretty straightforward, really. Yeah, that's, that's really great because you get totally shopping as well. Yeah, no, definitely do it. And uh, yeah, just do it. Uh, what else we got? We got coffees of Hawaii. And again, the discounts just keep on rolling. Oh. And I, I turned up here at Pyrenees Multi Sport. There's two big bags of coffee waiting for the guys that are, oh, really? are going to be coming down here for Camp Care Car. And they're not little bags of coffee, they are ginormous. So people are going to be bouncing off the walls down here. And as we said earlier in the show, um, you go on coffeesofway.com, enter the discount code IMTALK, um, and you'll get a discount on your coffee. 20%? That applies to pretty much every, yeah, pretty much everything on the store except for, I think, those. Um, those uh, those those tins they do the sort of okay, gift yeah. tins because yeah. they're already sort of at the lowest price they can yeah. do. But pretty much everything else, all your coffee you need, I M Talk, uh, and you can get that sorted out. And it's good to see Albanada kicking some ass at Quarter Lane. You know what? We're hooking our team up, aren't we? We're getting discounts for you guys everywhere this week. Okay. And lastly, we've got because we've got we've got Art of Try giving a discount. We've got Try Buyers giving a discount. We've got Coffees of Hawaii giving a discount. Oh, okay. And lastly, we've got yeah. Athlinks.com. There we go. Talk about Athlinks, You can get on there and you basically store all your results. Um, one thing I'm definitely going to be doing is I'm going to be putting my race report up there from Rote um, mm. when we get around to there. So you can do that. Um, and one of the other cool things that I did actually notice was when I was looking at the um, results for Lanzarote, you can actually start adding... Um, pictures and video clips and everything from, from the races and you can uh, start discussion topics. So if you do actually go to a, a race and you want to add something to it, you can add gear items, race reports to, to that particular race so other people can read them, um, discussion topics, articles that are linked to that race, YouTube clips. I'm not quite sure what the Nike Plus widget Okay, so Nike Plus is you know? basically if you have your iPod, Nike Plus is like a device that you put in your shoe and then it records your speed and all that stuff. It's really quite cool. I mean, a really cheap way to keep your information. I think it only costs like... Um, the device, you basically have to buy Nike Plus shoes, but then you buy this device that you put on your bottom of your iPod Nano, and it costs like $30 US, but the information that gives is really great, and it's, you basically, you, it records all your runs and everything, it's a really good device, it's really cool, and you, and you can work with Apple, obviously, so it's really great. <laughs> so if you go into, yeah, com and if you click on any of your race results, you can see at the top of the page, you'll have all those uh, options where you can add things to it. It's great. So, coffeesofhawaii.com, athlinks.com, and trybuys.com, the great sponsors of Iron Man Talk. Just quickly before we move on to the very end of the show, Michael Young sent us through his photo of um, his finish at Iron Man, I think it was Arizona, and he's wearing the Camp Kia, I mean the Iron Man Talk Kia Kaha top, and it's a great shop, so I've chucked that on www Iron Man Talk this week as well. Check it out because it's a cool photo. So, Jonbo, how's life? I haven't, I haven't spoken to you in a while, mate. I feel like I'm missing out. No, it's uh, it's all good. I've just we arrived in Pyrenees Multi Sport on uh, a couple of days ago on Sunday. Yep. Uh, we had four days in Paris, which is cool. Did some cool running in Paris. One thing about Paris is uh, that I've forgotten from I've been there a lot over the years. Was the amount of homeless people is just ridiculous. Really, is it sad? Is and it? And it's 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 sad. Um, and you want to take we want to take Thomas to They've got some cool little parks in Paris um, with swings and slides yep. and all that. Well, the homeless people just hang out there, and it's, it's a bit scary for poor Thomas. So, really? other than that, Paris is pretty cool. 
um, went to the Palace de Versailles, which was great. And now down in the Pyrenees and just hanging out for you guys to arrive. It's Tuesday and, and people are going to be rocking up for the camp on Saturday, which is going to be good fun. Um, Bevan, everybody's looking forward to Bevan's games. Nice. And uh, the weather, weather, as I said, is, is, is super hot. Um, and we're going to have a good ride up the Tourmalet one day and just do some race preparation stuff, so it's going to be all good. And the place here is just fantastic. Um, I'm here with Belinda and Thomas, and Belinda's just gone, oh, this is wicked. You know, the, the setup's just, just fantastic. Really? It's all good. Oh, great. So how are you feeling about the race, mate? Uh, pretty good. I've had a very, very light week last week. So basically did my camp in Poland, um, then had an easy week um, before Epic Camp, did a lot of driving over the course, then did Epic Camp, got pretty much stronger as we as we went through the camp um, and on the last day I'm not sure if I've, I've talked to you since since then but uh, I just ripped this, a swim to shreds um, yeah you, you wrote to me about it last day awesome. when I was pretty yeah. tired oh I did uh, did the 200 set which was which was cool um, did them on the 235 which was uh, which was good that's awesome man. and uh, since the swimming was going well running's going pretty well biking I'm riding quite well on the flat um, but average but average on the, the hills um, so I need to put in a good week this week uh, but no, I'm feeling good. I think I'll be by the time race day comes around, I'll be um, as fit as I have been for any other Ironman. So I'm looking for a pretty sizable PB, given that it's a it's a faster course. Nice, no, that's pretty good. Bring it yeah. on, bring it up. Well, what have I been doing? Well, um, I've just been living life to train. To be honest, it's been pretty crazy. Uh, I've had four weeks of 35 hours plus, and uh, kind of getting to that point. I've, you know, I've been training amazingly well, and. I've talked about it on the show a couple of times, but just as an individual training by myself, I've never trained like this before. I'm often pretty good in a group environment, but suck when it comes to training by myself, but I've seemed to be able to kind of hammer it this time. So that's been really, I've been training with that guy, Brett, you know, the, the young guy, the duathlete guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's, and he's just a machine on the bike. And so he's, uh, he's just been really good for my riding. My riding seems to have really ticked in quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. So that's been really good. And uh, now I'm just really yeah. looking forward to getting over to the camp. I'm just kind of, Really excited about getting there and rocking out, and you know, it's going to be oh, just it's going to be awesome. So uh, yeah, doing that, the love life, the love life report. You know, I don't try not to talk about it too much, but it took a turn for the better. It took a t- I'm a happy man, John. I'm a happy man, John. Oh, just, just, just I, I, keep that going. How many more days until you leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to last. It's, it's good. I keep walking around the house and I keep singing, oh, happy days. And the flatmates are sick of it, but that's okay because I've, I've got a constant smile on my face, mate. So there you that's go. That's what you need. I know, I know. Seriously. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting good, extra cardio, but let's not go there. <laughs> good. If you're in a good place emotionally and on the relationship front, I can guarantee you're going to race a lot quicker so oh, just yeah. got to keep keep it together for a few more days okay. and you have a little bit okay. of a break which will be tough but absence makes the heart grow fonder so that's what they say yep. so yep. Um, that, that's good news uh, thanks Sean thanks for your support mate oh, I'm happy for you <laughs> So we'll be we'll be doing a, we'll probably do some interviews next week. It's going to be again the show is kind of a bit random at the moment until we get back to New Zealand together. But uh, Cape Kia Car is coming up this weekend. It's been an awesome time. We've got lots of good rides, lots of good training. Someone's going to do some really good uh, coaching stuff. We've got games night. Oh, it'll be life memorying <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All good. So it's going to be coverage here on from Saturday. We do have, um, I think, one spot left if anybody does. I know it's only Tuesday and the camp's on uh, this weekend, but if anybody over in the UK does does want to whip over, just uh, get in touch with, with me. 
but no, it's going to be good fun. So we'll see you here on Saturday, Bevan. Bring it on. Righto, guys. Well, that's our show this week. So let's finish off, John. You start. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Trade hard. Trade smart. Kia kaha. Beautiful. Beautiful.